This is 91.1 WKCS Falcon Radio with another episode of In Session with Jed McKeon, Knoxville lawyer and Fulton graduate. This is your host, Sarah Emery, here with Matthew Y, and today we'll be talking about general sessions and the court case process. If you have any questions about general legal matters, you can email them to wkcs at knoxschools.org or insessionradio at gmail.com. These emails will only be used to answer questions about legal matters, not for personal advice. So to start off, Mr. Jed McKeon, what exactly is General Sessions? Excellent question, Sarah. So when you go to court, if you are arrested for a crime, the General Sessions Court is typically the first place that you will find yourself having to appear. So let's walk through that process, how you end up in General Sessions Court from the very beginning. What will happen first in a criminal case in regard to General Sessions is that you are arrested or you are given a citation. Sometimes when a officer stops someone for committing a crime, they will actually give them a citation and not take them to jail and ask them to appear on a certain court date. And that court date will be in a court that is called, in the state of Tennessee, it is called the General Sessions Court. And those courthouses in Knox County are down at the City County Building. And there are four different criminal General Sessions Court courtrooms in the City County Building. The other way that you can end up in General Sessions Court if you are not given a citation is if you get arrested and are charged with a crime. Now, when you are charged with a crime and you are arrested, you go, you go out there to the jail out on Maloneyville Road in East Knoxville and you will be required to make a bond, what is called a bond. And the less serious the charge, the lower the bond amount. And the more serious charge, the higher the bond amount will be. So if you're charged with something like a public intoxication, your bond might be $500 or $1,000 is a typical bond in those cases. What you are required to pay to get out of jail will, you can either pay the entire amount and that will get you out of jail on bond or you can pay a bail bondsman a little over one-tenth of that bond amount. So if you have a $1,000 bond, you can pay a bondsman somewhere in the range of $120-$160 and they are licensed as a bondsman and you will be able to get out of jail prior to your court date. If you decide to pay the full bond, and and keep in mind the difference is when you pay that $160, $120, you never get any of that money back. If you pay that full amount of the bond, $1,000, then at the end of the case, you're entitled to get all of that money back. So that's the difference in the bond. Uh, on on criminal cases. Now, if you charge with murder, you might have a $100,000 bond. And the only way you're going to get that is if you happen to know somebody who has $10,000 or can raise that up for you or to sign some property over, uh, to put up some property as part of your bond amount, something like that, so that you can get out prior to your court date. Some people aren't able to make those bonds, and so they sit in jail until their court date in general sessions. So if they are in jail and they are given a general sessions court date, they are the law requires that if you're in jail, you have to have a court date within 10 days of being arrested. 
that's your right to a speedy trial. If you get out on bond, typically they try to have your first appearance within 30 days of you being arrested. So most people would prefer once they get arrested to fight their charge out on the street, as it's called, as opposed to wearing an orange jumpsuit or stripes when they come to court for their charge. So when they come to their first court date, that will typically be in General Sessions Court when they are arrested. And they will appear for what is called an arraignment. Now, do you know what an arraignment is here? Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you know what an arraignment is, Matthew? No. Okay. <laughs> an arraignment is generally your first appearance, and this hearing usually only takes about 10 minutes. And typically, the defendant doesn't even have to be there if they have an attorney. Okay, so after you've gotten out of jail, you may have hired an attorney. What happens at this arraignment is, is the judge, which has a lot of rights to tell you about, he says you have the right to an attorney, you have the right to a trial, you have the right to not to testify against yourself, you have the right um, to call witnesses to testify on your behalf, you have the right to cross-examine witnesses, all of these rights that he has to tell you about by law in the courtroom before you go forward. And also at this point, you are asked to enter a plea, either guilty, no contest, or not guilty. Now, if you plead guilty right away, then they're gonna go, the judge is gonna go ahead and sentence you right then and there. And you hear, you see a lot of people who are dead to rights, who, you know, their crime has been caught on camera or something, and you think, how can they plead not guilty? They're obviously guilty of this charge. Well, what they're doing is they're pleading not guilty to usually try to get a better deal from the district attorney, try to work the situation so that they may offer them a reduced charge or they may be able to do some probation instead of time in jail, those kinds of things. This hearing usually only lasts about five to ten minutes. And then at that point, all the judge will do is set another court date to come back for the DAs and the lawyers to discuss it or uh, to discuss the matter. And at that point, when the uh, matter becomes before the judge, there may or may not even be a DA there. And the DA will be seeing the case for the very first time. It's not like law and order where the DAs are running around interviewing people out, out in the world. I've never seen DAs do that. That's the officers and investigators jobs. So the DAs are only seeing what is in front of them on the piece of paper, and they're working to get that resolved. So that is your first appearance in general sessions. So you've gotten arrested, hopefully you've made a bond, or you may not have. You've either gotten an attorney or you've not gotten an attorney, and you've entered a plea. Now, if you don't have an attorney at that point, but you'd like one, you can apply for a public defender if you are indigent, which means that you're poor or don't have a job, or you, you can ask the judge to give you time to go hire one, uh, and they'll often do that for you. So can you be your own attorney? Yes, that's an excellent question. You can be your own attorney. Sometimes it doesn't really matter whether you represent yourself or not. In traffic tickets, almost everyone represents themselves, and they try to work out some sort of deal with the judge or the DA to try to get the matter resolved. Some people think they are smart enough to represent themselves. I have represented myself before 
when I had to evict somebody from one of my rental properties who wasn't paying me. It was one of the worst experiences of my life because this person was saying all these bad things about me and lying about me and I got so upset and all I wanted to do was yell at them like they were yelling at me and the lawyer, when you have a lawyer present, they are able to provide that buffer so the client can sit there calm, cool, and collected and the lawyer can get worked up on their behalf. So the, the client ends up looking a lot better than the person who represents themselves and is uh, sometimes they get a little long-winded in their stories and provide a few too many details. But that's an excellent question. Yes, you can represent yourself on small, very small matters. It's not that big a deal. On bigger matters, it can become a huge deal. When you were talking about the general sessions, you said something about a DA, and I want to know what the DA does in the general sessions court. Okay. Good question. A DA is uh, short for a district attorney who is employed by either a state or a judicial district, and what they do is they prosecute crimes. And at the general sessions level, all they are given is information, usually on a few pieces of paper, by the sheriffs or the police officers and said this is someone we arrested for such and such crime and we want you to prosecute those and uh, so the DA's take that information and they speak to either the defendant or the defendant's attorney and trying to work out some sort of arrangement whether it's plead guilty to them take it to a trial those kinds of things so they are a lot in the general sessions level on negotiations if it comes time for a preliminary hearing, and we'll get to that in a moment, then they are the ones who will prosecute and ask the, uh, be there to represent the judicial district on behalf of the state in, of Tennessee to enforce its laws and ask the officers questions like, why did you stop this person? Why did you arrest them? And they have to be attorneys to do that. I don't know if that was apparent or not, but uh, the DAs are, have to be uh, licensed attorneys in the state of Tennessee. So um, we talked about all these arraignments and the beginnings of general sessions, but um, you said something about getting cases reset for multiple reasons, and I was wondering if you could give us some examples. That's a, that's a great question, Sarah. In the legal process, there are not many areas of it that move very quickly. Lots of times cases can take weeks and months and even years and years. I've seen case, I have a case today that's seven years old. Uh, sometimes they just last a long time. On the criminal side of the, of the um, civil and criminal, criminal cases generally go quite a bit quicker and they resolve themselves quicker, but they still get reset from time to time. After the arraignment, if the defense attorney and the DA come back and they're discussing the case. Well, on a DUI case, uh, if the defendant goes and gets their blood taken, it has to be sent off to a lab to get tested to see what the blood alcohol level in that was. And oftentimes that takes two months to get back. So if they have reset the, set the case to a day before the blood is back to the court, the results are, then they have to reset the case because the DA can't do anything with the case until they get those lab results back. There are some things as mundane as that case will get reset if the defendant's attorney is sick uh, and he can't be there. And so they reset it to a different day. 
or if someone has been arrested for having a suspended driver's license, they will often reset the case to try to give that person time to pay off fines and get their driver's license actually valid or get insurance or whatever the case may be so that they can dismiss the case upon them getting an actual license. Same with something like insurance. If they've gotten pulled over and they've been arrested and one of their charges is no insurance, uh, they'll give them time to get insurance. If they've been arrested for a domestic assault, sometimes they'll say, okay, well, we want you to go to uh, domestic uh, anger management classes. And they may give them time to go and do something like that. Okay, and um, for most of these um, general sessions, there is no jury. Why exactly is there no jury? Okay, so at the general sessions level, a lot of what you're doing is negotiating between the defendant or the defense attorney and the DA, and they are trying to work out some sort of resolution, whether it's a dismissal or a plea of guilt to some charge. They're doing a lot of negotiating, and uh, the judge is there Uh, can't enter uh, guilty verdicts based on a jury because there is no jury in general sessions. So what they are doing is trying to negotiate and work out some sort of deal because there are so many people who get arrested on a daily basis, there's just not enough juries to have jury trials for all of them. So what they will do is at some point it will come to an impasse where the defense attorney says, I'm not accepting your deal or my client's innocent. And the DA saying, I'm not dismissing the charge and I'm going forward to prosecute this case. And at that point they will come and have a, what is called a preliminary hearing in front of the judge. There will be no jury there. There will usually only be one or two witnesses. And these preliminary hearings usually can last from 20 minutes to usually not longer than two or three hours. Mm -hmm. Now I want to know who testifies at a preliminary hearing. All right, Matthew, at a preliminary hearing, there are usually only a few witnesses and the defendant, uh, because at the preliminary hearing, the burden is very low for the state to have to meet. They only have to find probable cause that the offense occurred. So typically, only the state will present witnesses at this point, and that will usually be an officer or maybe one other witness or a victim who saw it happen or was assaulted or something of that nature. Those are usually the people who testify at the the preliminary hearing. Excuse me. Mm -hmm. And if there's no jury there to decide, what is the judge going to be deciding? Good question. The at the preliminary hearing level, the pers- the judge is there to decide whether probable cause exists or not uh, in prosecuting the offense. So when the judge hears the state's proof, the officer says, I saw this person break into a house, something like that. He is required to review the facts in the light most favorable to the state and based upon those facts make a determination whether probable cause exists to to say that those facts did in fact occur and that a crime did in fact incur. This is a very low standard. Uh, If the facts are viewed as favorable to the state, what we're talking about is 
if they testify about anything, we saw it happen, then their word is taken for it and the judge says, well, I think we're going to bind what's called bind this over to the grand jury. Now, if the judge doesn't believe that there's probable cause to believe that this occurred, then he is able to dismiss the charge right then and there. He can dismiss the charge right then. This doesn't happen very often. I've had this happen in maybe two of my cases ever. And I was very pleased when it happened because it happens so rarely, but it's not something that happens on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. And so can there be bias with like um, people that are testifying or the judge themselves? The answer is yes, there definitely can be bias. In my experience, sometimes people, even myself, become a little jaded towards the legal system. We see people who have been arrested 10 times and they're arrested again and we assume that they committed that crime. And it would be hard for anybody, whether it's a a judge or a DA or a sheriff, not to kind of get those preconceived notions. If we see that the Tennessee Volunteers lose on a regular basis to Florida, do we think they're going to lose again? Mm -hmm. Well, we may have a preconceived notion that they just might do so. On the other hand, if the Fulton Falcons are playing football, we have this preconceived notion that they should win because they always win. Mm -hmm. Well, that may not always happen either. So there's definitely, you have to fight to keep an open mind about what people are telling you and hear uh, all the facts and and weigh those into your decision, especially as a judge. And they know that, and that's just something they have to be conscious of on a daily basis. If a defendant knows he or she will lose a preliminary trial or hearing, why do they still have one? Okay, so the reason you have a preliminary hearing as a defense attorney or defendant is if you think, okay, I'm going to lose anyway, what's the point of this? Well, other than the one piece of paper they've gotten with their charge written out on it, they have no idea what the state and these officers and the victims are going to testify to. So this is their chance to do an investigation for free. They say, okay, this is probably going to end up in a jury trial, but here's my chance to hear them say what they're going to say at trial. And this may affect the people I interview, the decisions I make about a potential uh, plea deal or negotiation, or it may cause me to say, you know, they're complete liars and I have people who can testify and say that they're liars or that, you know, I can disprove what they have to say. So this is your chance to find out what they're going to say and it helps you plan for the jury trial. So does a defendant have to testify at their preliminary trial? They don't have to testify at their preliminary trial. I have had individuals, defendants, uh, who have testified at their preliminary hearing. I've told them not to. Uh, in the Fifth Amendment of the Constitution, you're entitled not to, te- not to be compelled to testify when charges are brought against you. But some individuals have said, hey, said, hey look, this is total bunk. I didn't do this, and I want to tell the judge that I didn't do this. And they've testified, and sometimes it's been the what has been the moment that has made the judge decide to dismiss the charge when the person testifies. Mm-hmm. So after all this is over, the um, the judge will bind it over to the grand jury. Yes, you did excellent saying that <laughs> phrase there. 
So what happens next is, and we can talk about this at our next session, mm -hmm. is that the charge gets bound over to what is called a grand jury. And uh, this is a body of 13 people that meets in secret behind closed doors with the DAs. And uh, there's not a whole lot I know about it because I've never been a part of a grand jury, but I can elaborate a little bit on that at our next time. And then after that, we will walk into what happens at the jury trial, which is would be up at the criminal level. Mm -hmm. And that's a much more serious uh, court. There are three uh, criminal courts in Knox County down at the city county building and that's where you hear about the big murder trials and and things with juries taking place and we'll talk about that uh, at our next session